It is Monday, March 27th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The final four is set. And not without controversy. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lead. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Miami Hurricanes, the last team to punch their ticket to the Final Four. San Diego State defeats Creighton with a free throw. AJ, I I guess that's where we got to start because these were two really good games. And the first one ended with a little bit of controversy. Yeah, this was a a game that was very physical. No surprise. Uh, These are two physical teams. And San Diego State particularly, it's a physical brand of basketball. Uh, 57-56 was the final score here. And uh, really, it came down to the bitter end. Looked like we were maybe heading to overtime because San Diego State had a two-point lead. Had some trouble inbounding the ball. Got oh, terrible! Pass. Terrible play. The, the the kid threw it basically to to Creighton's um, Schneiderman, right, or whatever it, his name Shireman. is, Shireman. Shireman, yeah. And he just laid it in. It was a freebie. And, and yeah. it's like that's the one thing they teach you when you're a kid: never inbound the ball towards the other team's basket. Like never make it easy for him. And that's exactly what he did. So it's a tie game, Creighton had a foul to give, so they gave it with about six seconds left. Okay, I got to ask you about that. All right. Why did they foul? I, I'm not sure. Because if, there they, was, if they were going to foul, they, I would have fouled with less time on the clock than six seconds. Or there was a four-second differential between the shot clock and the game clock. If they just let the possession play out, San Diego State would have had to have shot the ball with four seconds left in the game. If they make it, you can call a timeout, set up your play with four seconds left. If they miss it and you get the rebound, same thing. Call a timeout, set up a play, or, you know, if somebody I don't I just I don't agree with letting them draw up a play to have an a side out inbound with six point something seconds left. I- I don't disagree with you. I, I don't think it was great coaching there by McDermott. Uh, I think maybe he thought that it was best for his defense to get set up. I, I disagree. I tr- On the fly, I would trust Creighton's defense before I'd trust San Diego State's offense, and you gave them a chance to get off the fly and, and try and make something happen. And that they said, set, And they set up a good play. They had a did one they? On- well, it was a it was a one on one look, and and uh, after a travel, uh, they got a one on <laughs> they got a one on one look at the top of the key. Darian Trammell, uh, who had not been to the free throw line all night, uh, he drives and he gets a a runner off in the lane, and it was clean up top, but there was contact on the hip. Uh, Ryan Nimhard had his hand on his hip, and they blow the whistle. That's just good defense. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just good defense. It listen. This it this was and this will be controversy. Like who, who whoever you talk to is going to have a different opinion on this. Mm-hmm. This is a lot like what happened in the Super Bowl. You hate to see 
a penalty or a foul called on a play that is almost certainly deciding the outcome of the game. Sure. And that's what happened in the Super Bowl. And by the letter of the law, there was a penalty in the Super Bowl. It was a game that they had let go all – it was a, a game where they'd let everything go all night. They had let the guys play, and it was rough timing to throw a penalty flag in the Super Bowl for a, and basically say the game is over now. You have no chance of winning. It, this was a game where there were guys bleeding, and they weren't calling foul. This was a, like, 90s NBA game, and they call a foul with – one second left on the clock on a hand on the hip, which again, I'm not saying it wasn't a foul. It was, de- it, it's a foul by the, by the book. It's a foul. Do you call it there? That's debatable. Do you call it there on a night where you haven't called that all night? Th- that's for debate. Uh, do you let the game be decided on that decision is a tough thing. And that's what the, that's what the officials did. Uh, he missed the first free throw and sunk the second. Baylor Shireman got what a uh, what a shot he had at Kaluma there, like the, the, throwing the ball ninety four feet and hitting your guy in the hands. Former, with a chance high, former to make high school qu- former high school quarterback in Nebraska. Yeah, they said, yeah, very good high school quarterback in Nebraska, and hits Kaluma in the hands, goes out of bounds. They it looked like there was going to be some time on the clock after review. They say nope. No time left. The game is over. So that that foul call became the topic of discussion for uh, basically all the rest of last night mm-hmm. and what I've what I've seen this morning. It's not like it's died off. Uh, so San Diego State is into the Final Four. Creighton goes home, and really Creighton was in control of this game for a good. And, and we'll talk about Texas in the second game, but both these games saw one team really control most of the game and then give it away late. That was Creighton in this case, and the, the truth of it is, what the foul or not foul, whatever you want to say, Creighton didn't make shots down the stretch. This is a team that shot really poorly in the second half, made zero threes in the second half, two for seventeen for the full game. Uh, they had guys missing missing shots at the rim. You know, Baylor Shireman missed some gimmies. Ryan Cockbrenner missed a couple gimmies. Uh, Ryan Nimhard, they conti- he got hurt. He had a broken wrist a year ago. Uh, he clearly re-injured his wrist early in the second half, and they continued to run the offense through him, even though he clearly wasn't right. And they've got Shireman, who who's perfectly capable of running that offense. They they didn't use really any substitutions outside of the couple minutes that that Nimhard left the game with an injury. Uh, they got sixteen bench minutes total for this game. Their guys got gassed. So the foul was certainly a, it's it's certainly gonna be the big talking point. But the late game coaching for McDermott and really the you know the second half coaching for McDermott should be questioned as well here. I was surprised. I mean, what did Ryan Cock Cockburner didn't he have only five points in the second half? Like, yeah. Like go to him yeah why not just run the offense through him just slow the game down play i guess you don't want to play at san diego state's pace but like he's there's not many guys that are going to stop him without fouling and no. they could just go to like run a half court set and just get the ball to him inside or do that little lob thing that they did down the stretch that worked a couple of times i was but i, I think- was surprised that he wasn't more heavily involved in the offense 
I agree, but I think what you said there was like it's hard to do it without getting fouled. You got to remember there just weren't a lot of fouls being called in this game. Mm-hmm. It was very physical. They were I mean, he was getting hammered on for a lot of that game. So, uh maybe that went into his thinking. And he only got to the free throw line one time. One free I'm throw. I'm sorry. Attempt. You can't be that big and play inside and not get to the free throw line. Like that's just how does a 7-footer that it should be getting the ball most of the possessions, not getting to the free throw line more than one time. Well, again, it, it goes to the way this game was called. There, there were not a lot of free throw attempts, 17 free throw attempts for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, so 15 up until the the moment in question. Yeah. And that was only the fifth and sixth free throws that San Diego State took all night long. So they had been to the free throw line four shots before that. So that that's maybe even more why people are, are befuddled at the call there. Yeah, by comparison, Miami shot 32 free throws in their game against Texas. Yeah, and that, that was kind of a tale of two halves as well. It was They let them be very physical in the first half, and in the second half there was a much tighter whistle which also could have been due to Texas, you know, who didn't run a deep rotation, them gassing out as well, which, you know, I guess we can we can transition into that game. Uh, a, another game where, you know, uh, Texas was really in control of this game for, you know, I, I'd say, it, I mean, it was maybe from five minutes in. I'd say for the first, uh, for the first 30 minutes of the game. I, see, I was thinking maybe like after, after the first five minutes, because Miami got out to a 7-0 lead, uh, Texas took over after that. They got down to got into a 7-0 lead, and then Texas won the race to 10. Mm-hmm. So, and, and from then on, Texas just kind of took control of that game until there were about you know the the last 10 to 12 minutes of the game, and they got into a spot where they just could not buy a shot. Uh, they they had gone cold from three. They were putting Miami on the line seemingly every time down the court. And I, I think that their guys were just gassed. It was an eight-man rotation. Um, and I, I think that that, by the time it was all said and done, kind of caught up to them. And they they just weren't, they weren't able to, uh, they weren't able to to be as quick to the ball as they were early in the game. They, they weren't as crisp defensively. So some of those plays that they were making that were like super athletic plays, when they tried to do them, they were a little bit sloppier. And, and there were fouls called. And now part of the depth issue was Dylan Dessou not being able to play. Huge loss. He'd been he'd been the best player for them in the tournament. One of the best players overall in the tournament. Um, he was only able to go a couple minutes on uh, Friday, and they didn't even suit him up yesterday. So they said he, he's not he's not going to be a part of this thing. Um, so Dylan Mitchell, who who got a lot of his minutes, performed admirably. I thought uh, was was great defensively. Christian Bishop did a good job, but the scoring from the interior was gone. And, you know, Mitchell and, and Bishop combined to score 11 points. That wasn't going to get it done here, especially down the stretch when it would have been real nice to get some easy buckets. There were no easy buckets to be had. And kudos to Miami, who, who played some tough defense in the second half as well. Miami scored 51 points in the second ha- in the second half without making a three-pointer. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite, it's crazy. How, how did that happen? <laughs> and that's a team that think about it. That's a team that plays four out. You know, like they're not making a, a three pointer, and they're a team that that is built to to get open looks from three. Texas, 
it, it's funny. I'm I'm talking about both defenses. They both defenses were were pretty good considering the final score was 88 to 81. Yeah. Um, but there were there was some really good stretches of defense for both teams. The the Texas the thing to me that that when it really came down to the game getting away from them it, and it comes down again to a, a controversial officiating call and I think this one was even I I think like when the in the Creighton game I could say okay I, I that's a foul I, I hate that a a call like that decides the game in the final second in the Miami game there's a a there's a rebound opportunity and they call a foul on uh omir and say he is fouled out of the game mm-hmm. he is over the back of brock cunningham and then they overturn the call and say cunningham was backing into him which this is a for anybody who's never seen the game of basketball play before <laughs> uh that's what you do you like you get position you get inside position and you back up into your man to hold them away from the ball once i mean this is what this does is it open up there people were saying well he jumped straight up and like brock cunningham is so strong that norshot omir got thrown onto his shoulder and he just carried him no omir went over his back while he was backing up and he continued to back up because the ball was going backwards mm-hmm. that's that's what that's what you're supposed to do to not only to call that but to like reverse the call from an over the back to a, a a foul on Cunningham was I thought egregious, and the game. Listen, the game was already close at that point. The game had re- Texas had already screwed off the game. I'm not saying that's why they lost, but at that moment it felt like it was dead, and it was I thought a very unfortunate call, uh, a call that you can't make in that moment. You certainly can't overturn an over the back call because what's going to happen is. You're going to get this in every game. You're going to get if somebody's got inside position, that guy's always going to be pushing back, and you're going to get guys jump up onto their shoulders and say, oh, "This guy's pushing back into me. What what what, what am I supposed to do?" That's rebounding. There's a reason why the tall man doesn't always win in in rebounding. Yeah. It, yep. it would be it would be really boring if the tall man always won the rebounding battle. Like back in the '60s, the '50s, and '60s, that was what the game was. It was tall man wins. If you're the taller guy, you get the rebound guys like Dennis Rodman come around like there's a, an art to rebounding they fit you figure out a way to do it uh, there's a he's a six foot seven forward who's who is widely regarded as the best rebounder that's ever played basketball it's not tall man wins it's that's how you rebound you're opening up a can of worms if you start letting guys uh do what Omir did there and and call not only get away with it but call a foul on the other side mm. there, j- just an egregious call in my penalty, in my opinion. And not to say that that Texas would have won the game. I don't know if they would have, but I certainly know that once that happened, they weren't going to win the game. Well, it certainly was an incredible comeback from Miami uh, in a game that it looked like Texas had it in hand for, for a large part of it. And now it sets up the final four where it's UConn and the newbies, three schools making their final four debut. That is, has not happened since 1970 when St. Bonaventure, Jacksonville, and New Mexico State each debuted in the Final Four. And there is now two teams from the state of Florida in the Final Four in Miami and FAU. The only other time in NCAA tournament history 
two teams from the same state made it to their first ever Final Fours in the same year, LaSalle and Penn State in 1954. So your first game on Saturday, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. San Diego State is a two-point favorite. And the nightcap, Miami-UConn, UConn five and a half. Either of those lines stand out to you, AJ? No, not particularly. It's kind of what I expected. I, I think there's a, like FAU's earned a lot of respect. Uh, and they, I, I knew that they wouldn't be like some sort of massive underdog here. And I think for the most part now, people accept that UConn is uh, the best team in the country. There, there's certainly a, there's a gap between them and what's left. Uh, it felt like going into this weekend, this last weekend, that it was UConn. If they could get past Gonzaga, it was it was UConn or Texas were the teams to beat in this tournament. And Texas going out really opened the door for UConn. And I mean, really, look at you got upsets. You got three upsets, and so a team that was already considered very strong going into the Elite Eight. Three upsets later, now they're certainly looking a lot stronger, aren't they? Yeah. Well, check this out. The pre-tournament odds to make the Final Four for each of these teams. UConn was 5-1. to one, San Diego State was plus 875. Miami, 20-1. to one, Florida Atlantic, 35-1. to one. According to John Ewing of BetMGM, a $100 four-team parlay, if you had a book that allowed it, uh, like the FanDuel's or DraftKings or whatever. I was going to say, I, bet, I don't think MGM would have allowed it. No, but a four-team parlay, <laughs> a four-team parlay with those futures would have won $4.4 million. Oh, wow. That's yeah. unbelievable. Now, according to, I think ESPN said that only 0.04% of brackets out of 20 million or so brackets on their website had both San Diego State and Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. Only .04 had those two, not even the rest? Um, I don't know if there are any perfect brackets. Uh, well, see. I know there's no perfect brackets. No, I mean, but perfect, like, final have a perfect Final Four. I mean, that, that, I mean, that'd actually be kind of surprising if there weren't wasn't one or two. Like, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't be a bunch, but yeah, that's... Uh, Listen, 0.04% having those two teams 30, alone. 37 people. Okay. Yeah, that, that make, that's about right. 37, so, 37 out of 20 million, I think. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, and listen, I've, I've got zero of the final four, so kudos to those people. Yeah, I watch yeah. college basketball all season long and sh- shows shows you what I know. Um, before, before the tournament started, here were your odds to win the national championship. UConn at 20 to 1. Miami 40 to 1, San Diego State 80 to 1. You want to give a guess on Florida Atlantic? 400? 200 to 1. 200? Okay. 200 to 1. I mean imagine yeah. imagine holding that ticket. I, I listen, that's a it's a good feeling, isn't it? I, I, they, and I saw someone had a ticket. I want to say they had a uh, a Florida Atlantic to make the final four ticket that paid something ridiculous yeah. like a uh, made 400k off of a hundred dollar bet or something like that so and you know, and you know what the, like what's going around the uh the internet now is everyone's bringing up the san diego state team from the covid year from a couple a of years very, ago a two two lost team that was a, a very were, legitimate team they were 30, Although 30 very different two. than this team yeah but they were 30 and two and probably going to be a two seed in the ncaa tournament 
Yeah. And here we go. Three years later, they're in their first ever Final Four as a nine seed. And the first ever uh, Final Four for the Mountain West. Yes. Yes. No, San Diego, San Diego State's a six seed. Or they're not. They are a, a I'm sorry. Seed. I'm sorry. Florida Atlantic's the Florida nine Atlantic's seed. Florida Atlantic's the nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But still. Still, uh, San Diego State, yes, first for the Mountain West. Because when UNLV won theirs, they were, what, the Big West? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it wasn't, um, yeah, all those. Uh, and, and think about this. The the last three champions, I believe, maybe even more than that, have all been one seeds. And to have no one seeds. Well, this, no was, the first, this was the first ever Elite Eight that didn't have any one seeds. And then no no three seeds even in the final four. I mean, we, we talked, and I talked about this at the beginning of the tournament. There's never been more parity in college basketball than there is right now. And it played out that way. I mean, we got four teams that uh, – UConn's not like out of left field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, UConn's, but, won, UConn's won that there – there, there's a lot of people that were picking UConn to either go to the Final Four or even be their national champion. Yeah, it's, it's not outrageous. And, and but UConn was what? number The fourth best team in Ken Palm? So, and, yeah. And they were – They're not, the best now. <laughs> yeah. And weren't they ranked number one at one point this season? Uh, they were at the end of at the end of non conference play. They were yeah, right there. Yeah. So so they're not the surprise here. You know? <laughs> Everybody else though, people didn't see coming. Although, listen, I mean, Florida Atlantic's got more wins than anybody else in the country this year. So, uh, it's a tough road to get there to win those four games to to get to this spot. So kudos to all of them for getting it done. Um. I think it's going to be very difficult to beat UConn. It is going to be very difficult for someone to beat that team. Like uh, of yeah, this the, group. The, and the cover margin has just been unbelievable for for this school. I mean, they're if you're if you're you're never you're not even sweating these UConn games. It's it's no. it's wild how much. I think I mean, let me get the exact cover margin here. I think well, they won every game by double digits. Yeah, we know that it's it's seventeen seventeen point seven five points per game. That's that. That's their cover margin. Yeah, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, and you know, UConn has things have have gone their way. Um, you know, Arkansas beating Kansas certainly certainly helped, and, and now Texas getting knocked off certainly helped. Uh, they faced, but they've they've done their they've done their work too because they faced what a lot of people thought was a really good three seed in Gonzaga mm-hmm. and a, a really good five seed in St. Mary's and and took care of business in, in both those games. So uh, UConn is certainly a team and a team we've talked about it, when they're playing at their best, they're as good as anybody in the country. Through this tournament, they're certainly playing at their best. Well, we'll have plenty more uh, reaction to uh, the Final Four and the games coming up this weekend throughout the week here, not just on SOVAM, but also on the Dream Preview feed. So you want to make sure you're locked into that. NBA yesterday, LeBron James returned from his foot injury, came off the bench for the Lakers, but he still played a ton of minutes contributing to uh, their loss against the Chicago Bulls, 118-108. No, it's weird to say contributing to a loss, but LeBron James did play 30 minutes, and he scored 19 points after missing 13 games with his foot injury. And do you know what he said about coming back, AJ? What did he say? He said he owes it to his doctor, whom he called the LeBron James of feet. (laughs) 
for now. Okay, I understand. Like, is uh, is, it, is that th- like it's not quite third person? I guess. I, well, that's I what I was going to say. Call- that that that's what I'm trying to say. I understand. Like, giving the guy a nickname. Like, oh, he's he's you know the the Michael Jordan of this, or, or he's you know he's the wing. I don't know. But to use yourself as the analogy, I I don't think that I think there's something wrong with that. It's it was a, that's a strange move. I'll, I'll give you that very strange move. Yeah. So a couple of doctors apparently told LeBron that he. It sounds have... like he did a good job. So yeah, I mean, yeah. there's well, something to be said. A couple of guys said that the couple of doctors told LeBron he should have surgery. LeBron said that the LeBron James of feet told him uh, not to, and he just had he said round the clock rehab and training and. Came back in four weeks, missed 13 games, and now he's ready to help the Lakers push for the playoffs. Boy, it's really interesting. Now, I'm not going to be conspiracy theorist here, okay? But I have gone on the record saying that the NBA season is too long. and I don't, I don't think you're the only one. I agree. That is a true statement. I think that when when the, when the NBA had the lockout shortened year, the sixty six game schedule, thought that mm-hmm. was great. I thought the fifty game schedule, even better. But sixty six, okay, it works. And the only issue with that one was that it was condensed. They had the three games in four nights, but you could space right. it out. You could space it out. It's kind of convenient that all of these, and I'm using air quotes injured star players (laughs) happen to get healthy around this time where there's like a week left in the regular season so they could get a couple of games in and then get ready for the playoffs like it is good timing isn't it Steph Curry came back in good timing you know Luca misses a couple of games, but that's all right, whatever. He comes back in good time. LeBron comes back in good timing. Kevin Durant's going to come back in good timing. It's just, it's strange how it always works out this way, where they'll miss four weeks of the regular season and then get healthy right before the playoffs. It's very lucky, isn't it? Here's an idea. (laughs) Don't make them play 82 games. Don't make them play a separate three and a half month long playoffs shorten the darn season and then you could stop worrying about load management and then maybe you know just maybe some of these star players would stop getting hurt that's just that's just my thoughts I don't know and and it always seems to be the guys that have been there done that like LeBron's been to the finals every year for <laughs> for eternity with the, with the exception of a few right shit and- makes you tired man well, that's what I'm saying, but it's like been there, done that. The regular season don't matter. Just yeah. get them, just get into the playoffs, and then it's a seven game series. Kevin Durant, regular season don't matter. Just get into the playoffs, and it's a seven game series. All these guys, I mean, I don't know, but hey, LeBron comes back. Lakers lose. That's a big loss for them. You look at the standings right now; they're still fighting, they're still clawing. The Lakers are currently the nine seed but they are a game and a half out of the sixth seed. That belongs to the Golden State Warriors. And now everyone else in the West is just so jumbled. Like from four down to 11, 12 even, is very close. The Warriors lose a game yesterday, AJ. They had a chance to uh, to pull even further ahead, yeah. But they lose a system play. What happened? 
Yeah, the Warriors lose a home game to the Timberwolves in really kind of unbelievable fashion. Uh, This was a a situation where they were heavily favored to win this game late and a couple bonehead, well, really one bonehead play in the final seconds. They're up 96-95 with the ball with 14 seconds left. Draymond Green throws a bad pass. Kyle Anderson steals it. Carl Anthony Towns hits a three. <laughs> and suddenly the the T Wolves are up two. Uh Jordan Poole gets it. He turns the ball over and uh they Timberwolves add on a free throw, but and Steph misses a three late. But the the Warriors losing a home game, a rare, rare sight for the Warriors. And I was like, oh man, I it's funny. By the time I remembered that the the Warriors were playing, t- I've been a bit a bit busy with college basketball. Oh yeah, you think? By the time I remembered the Warriors were playing, I was like, oh, the game had already started. They were a minus two fifteen money line, so that would have uh, would have cost me a couple units. So, yeah. uh, lucky break that the system happened on the same day that the tournament games did. But you're right, the Warriors now I mean, they're they're out of safety zone too. So this is a the, the West is jumbled. There's not a lot of teams who should be feeling really confident right now. Yeah, and the Timberwolves with that win are now a half game back of the Warriors, so Minnesota holding currently the seventh seed. Uh, Warriors the- at home again tomorrow against the Pelicans. Try to uh, try to make it right. Ooh. And the Pelicans, that would be the second of a back-to-back because the Pelicans play tonight. Yes, sir. Oh, so that's just auto auto fire on the Warriors. We'll be we'll be back on the system. Auto fire on the Warriors. Uh, the Mavericks are on the outside looking in. They are one game back of the ten seed Thunder. Dallas losing to the Hornets one ten one zero four despite forty points and twelve boards from Luka Doncic. But Luka does get his sixteenth technical foul, which means he will serve a one game suspension. And we just talked about it. Like, you're not safe right now. Nobody's safe right now in the Western Conference. Luca's already been missing time with injury. The last thing you can afford is for him to miss time mm-hmm. being suspended. It's just uh, it's, a, it's a bad look for Luca, and it's a bad situation for the Mavericks, certainly. Other results yesterday, the Grizzlies 123-119 over the Hawks. The Celtics dominate the Spurs 137-93. The Cavaliers are back in the playoffs, A.J., for the first time in a long time, and I believe it's their first playoff appearance without LeBron James since 1998, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I'm, they are my Cavs. I don't know their history very well, I must say. It's their first playoff. That birth. sounds about right, yeah. though. It's their first playoff berth since uh, 2018, and it's the first time they're in the playoffs without LeBron since the 97-98 season. So how, there it is. <laughs> wow. That is a long time. That is a long time uh, elsewhere. Uh, they That's be- pre-LeBron James existence. Yeah. The <laughs> they beat the Rockets 108-91. Magic over the Nets 119-106. Raptors over the Wizards 114-104. Thunder beat the Blazers 118-112. Set up the schedule for me tonight. What do we got, AJ? We'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks. They are 15-point road favorites at Detroit. 
the aforementioned Mavericks. Who do we assume Luca is going to be out for this game against the Pacers? Ooh, um, or is there like I, mean, I guess this isn't one of those things you can appeal because it's automatic, right? I think yeah, he's got to sit one out. So yeah, well, think, so this so, would be so, it. So tonight be... he's out. He's expected yeah. to be the, the suspension is he's got to serve it tonight. Yep, Mavericks minus one and a half still. I guess the Pacers. I, I, I guess the league office can review the like review the technical yes yes but i don't think that that's gonna i don't think it's gonna change i think they're just because you know what he's either gonna just he's either gonna get it and sit out tonight or he might get it in a couple of days and i i, I would just get it get that. it out of the way yeah exactly uh rockets plus 12 at your new york knicks suns minus six and a half at the jazz sixers oh this is it the matchup Embiid versus Jokic okay so what we have the the player prop right because uh this is the MVP matchup and let's see we have Joel Embiid 34 and a half Jokic 25 and a half do we go over on Embiid thinking that he puts on a show trying to solidify the MVP I would think so. I, I, I mean, RJ broke this down on the Dream Pod, uh, and on SOVAM. Uh, what what day was that? It was Thursday. Uh, I thought he made some really valid points. So I, I I'm there. I, I think that this is an Embiid game, and I would look for, and you know, we talked about play Embiid's number early over and play Jokic's number under mm-hmm. late, uh, for points. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, 34 and a half. What else we got? Uh, the Timberwolves back back to back uh, after their win at Golden State. They travel up the coast. They'll play Sacramento. The Kings minus five and a half. Pelicans minus eight and a half at Portland. The Bulls catching five and a half at the Clippers. NHL schedule tonight. It's a short schedule, but we are counting down the days that are left in the regular season. And there are playoff spots on the line because only a few teams have clinched already, AJ. And then we have to wait and see what develops here over these final few games. So tonight we have the Sabres hosting the Canadiens. Buffalo is minus 205. Buffalo is still alive right now. They are six points out of the wild card in the Eastern Conference. This could be their last stand. They have 10 games left. If they want to make up six points in 10 games, they can't really lose any of them. Uh, If they go on a good run here to end the year, who knows? We'll see where the puck falls for them. The Panthers also in this race. They are closer, though. Panthers are three points back of the second wild card. They're at the Senators. Florida is minus 135. Ottawa, a little bit more dire straits. Like Buffalo, they're back. They're seven points back, though, and they have nine games left. So it'll be tough for Ottawa. For Florida, though, more realistic with being only three points back. The Devils clinched a playoff spot this weekend. Congratulations. The Devils, though, still have something to play for. They are at 100 points, three points back of Carolina for first place in the division. The Devils will take on the Islanders out on Long Island. New Jersey minus 130. The Islanders right now 
currently holding the first wild card. They are one point up on the Penguins for that first wild card. And that and think of the importance here. If you are the first wild card, you are playing the Metropolitan Division, which is the Islanders division. So if the Islanders are the first wild card, because the Bruins are going to be the number one seed, the Islanders will play either the Hurricanes or the Devils. And these are teams that they are familiar with because they play them in the division, especially the Devils. So this game tonight could be a first-round playoff preview, whereas the second wild card is going to have to take on the Boston Bruins. Moving on. Kraken are at the Wild, Minnesota, minus 135. Minnesota currently in first place in the Central, but only by one point on top of both Colorado and Dallas. And Seattle currently holding the first wild card, three points up on Winnipeg. The Avalanche are at the Ducks, Colorado, minus 267. As I mentioned, Colorado, 92 points, tied with Dallas, one point back of Minnesota for first place in the Central. And the Oilers are at the Coyotes, Moet Arena, Edmonton, minus 335. That's the biggest line of the night. The Oilers right now in third place in the Pacific Division at 91 points. But they are in danger of falling into the wild card they're only three points back or three points ahead i should say of the seattle kraken so about some teams have 10 9 8 7 like we're we're down to the wire here with the nhl regular season playoff spots will be clinched It, it might be you know each and every day here this week as we play out the strings here of the nhl regular season Head on over to pregame.com where you can get yourself a variety of daily best bets or jump on board a season-long subscription package and you can save money while making money. Hopefully, use our promo code LUCK20, L-U-C-K-20 at pregame.com. It gets you 20% off of anything you would like to purchase on the website we have major league baseball coming up opening day is on thursday national holiday i mean just no one works that day are right? we taking are we taking the show off is i mean that- I, I mean i'm not working i mean I'll, I'll do a podcast at night if you want but like i'm not i'm not well, i mean i'm not going into work we might as well do the show in the morning and then just spend the whole day watching baseball i mean i'm gonna do a baseball pod though because griffin and i do the baseball pod so i'll probably so you you're not gonna work with me on thursday then no i am I'm gonna. I'll, I'll double duty. Of course, I will. Okay. I thought you said you're not. You're not. You said I, I thought you said I'm not coming into work. Well, yeah. I mean, we. What, I'm not during the day. Like, okay. No one. We don't do our show during the day. But that's what I'm saying. I'm not doing anything during the day. I'm, I'm watching baseball all day. <laughs> that's it. First game of the day on Thursday is going to be at 10:05 our time, Pacific time. So, that's it from from 10 a.m. all the way until probably 10 p.m. 12 hours, I'm I'm glued to the TV watching baseball. You're going to watch the, the Angels a, game? Is that going to be the late game? No, uh, Guardians and uh, Mariners are the late game. And you have okay. Do- and Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Angels. Yeah, it's all the, all the West Coast games. Just 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 don't bother me on Thursday, okay? All right, fine. Yeah. Uh, did you see who is going to be the Yankees shortstop this year? 
I did see that they uh, they announced that the Yankees looking uh, looking to a rookie. Yeah, Anthony Volpe. Congratulations! He played his butt off in spring training, and Anthony Volpe has earned himself a spot on the opening day roster. He will start at shortstop. Twenty one years old, just awesome. Yeah, pretty impressive, man. Big shoe, big shoes to fill. Uh, taking over that job, the the comparisons are already coming through. I saw on social media. I don't know if that's fair, but that's what he's getting. Mm, I wonder if was there. I wonder if there was a spike in his rookie of the year odds. What's great about this kid is that like he grew up like I mean I was cliche. I grew up a Yankee fan, but the kid's from Jersey, you know. Yeah, like he literally grew up a Yankee fan. Twenty one year old kid from New Jersey is now. The shortstop of the Yankees. By the way, Derek Jeter was born in New Jersey. So just just so you know. So, well, it's got to be the same then. It's got to be the same. <laughs> yeah, there was pictures floating around him yesterday of like him holding a ball that Derek Jeter had signed yeah, yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah. Wearing is, Derek Jeter jerseys. Like, yeah. You ready? It's, you ready for this? He is now tied with Masataka Yoshida from the Red Sox. Second favorite to win American League Rookie of the Year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well. But listen, you know you're going to pay a tax anytime you're you're talking about the Yankees. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, every Yankees prospect is upgraded two or three points. Like it's just it's mm-hmm, like the guy mm-hmm. the the recruits that go to Duke. As soon as they sign with Duke, they're a five star. Four star becomes a five star. So yeah. Same thing they say about Alabama football. Oh, you were a four star, but then you signed with Bam, and now you're a five star. Mm-hmm. It's, but uh, this kid, for sure, a lot of expectations. Should be fun to see how he does. The promo code at pregame.com is LUCK20. Gets you 20% off whether you want a daily best bet or a season-long subscription package. Go ahead and take 20% off using the promo code LUCK20. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.